It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. Welcome to Sunday morning. How are you feeling? Hope uh, last week was good for you and hope the upcoming week will be even better. I got some good advice the other day. I was feeling like so, so ho-hum, you know, that whole kind of thing. So I sent a text to a friend of mine, and it came back with some good advice. It was deep, uh, take a deep breath, rest, and refocus. So you might want to do that on this Sunday. Take a deep breath, rest, and refocus. But before you all do all of that, I'm so excited about today's show because I have never, ever, ever done an interview with a real live country singer songwriter extraordinaire and that's what i am doing today so we welcome to the program roberta lee how are you hey so i'm doing great how are you i am doing wonderful you are my first look i've been interviewing people a whole looks looks like more (laughs) life than i should have but i have never (laughs) never i was supposed to do an interview with chapel heart you're familiar i am i opened up for them in virginia beach a couple when they were here yeah so i was supposed to do an interview with them but it didn't come through but anyway so i got you so this is very very good so let's go back and you uh introduce yourself to the listening audience tell us about growing up and your roots here in the 757 okay well i'm my name is roberta lee i'm from norfolk virginia um and i went to norview high school graduated from virginia wesleyan college and uh, I was teaching at Lake Taylor and Booker T. Washington for a while. So when I say that this is home, like mm-hmm. this is my roots are right here in the 757. And uh, I decided to start doing music. I've been doing music for a really long time. But when the pandemic happened, happened I decided to do a pivot. I call it my pandemic pivot. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, I said, you know, life's short. I have to give it a shot. I have to at least try. So in 2021, I decided to do music full time and um, I became a member of the Black Opry, which Mm -hmm. is a collective of of black artists who do country music. And I didn't consider myself country at first. I didn't really know what genre I fit in because I was writing country songs, but I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel like I had a space to actually sing them. And so when I started to get feedback from listeners and fans, um, I just found the place that fit. They described me as country neo-pop. And so I get to have a lot of fun underneath that umbrella of genre. And I became CMT's Next Women of Country class of 2023 this year. Mm-hmm. And the the journey has been incredible so far. Well, let's go back. Growing up, you have siblings? I do. do are any of them in music? No, Do, no, actually. <laughs> You're like, no. So growing mm-hmm. up, did like mom have uh, R&B going on Saturday mornings oh, when she opened yeah. the windows and you had to get up and clean the house or what, what, yes. what was going on? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mom had R&B going on. I mean, <laughs> it's like you did a case study of my household. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what happened, actually. And my mom and dad, they, they both loved jazz. Jazz was always on 
the radio, 88.1. Shout out. Um, and uh, my sisters would listen to 91. They would listen to 103 Jams. I mean, the radio was just always on. Oh. I remember Quiet Quiet Storm, specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and things of that nature. So it was constant, constantly different um, influences. Because my mom and my dad, they had the old school R&B. That's Roberta Flack. That's Anita Baker. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister, my oldest sister, would listen to Cheryl Crow. Okay. Um, yeah, Cheryl Crow, Jewel, um, Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, specifically, I remember. And then my other sister was like Tupac, Trina. <laughs> you had it all going on. <laughs> you know, so... It was it was just fun. It was just uh, we just really we were a household that just really appreciated music. And and as far as you teaching, how did that come about? I always think that teachers are called. Were you called to teach? I do. I believe like I was called to teach, but I I'm learning that life happens in different cycles and different phases, and that callings can be for a certain period of time, mm-hmm. and that and those callings can change. So I was doing music long before. I even thought about teaching. Okay. I was always writing. I was always writing songs. I was going to church, and you know, like a lot of people say, that's where they get their start. You start mm-hmm. fucking around on the keyboard. You start messing around on the drums. It was a great place where I could kind of cultivate and make mistakes and be awkward as a songwriter and a performer. And you know, you know how church goes. Like you get up there, and if you're singing for the Lord, they're gonna clap for you and say Amen. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it, it was a safe space to grow, you know, in that light. So That's, I was doing, I was, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that is what I hear from so many artists. They say it was a safe yes. place. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I was, I was writing songs about 15, 16 years old. Someone showed me two chords on the keyboard and that's all I needed. And I would just, <laughs> I would just write and write and write and write and write. So when it came to deciding and making a change like being a songwriter was just always a part of me it was just an itch that I always had to scratch it was a piece of me that I could never get rid of I'll go through phases of creativity where you know I'm painting here and then I stop and then make jewelry there and then I stop and then I want to decorate here and then I stop but as far as songwriting Mm -hmm. never it never ended tell me what you did with these songs that you wrote um, so when I first started writing songs, I was part of a little band at church. Um, we were called Rua Beat, which a Rua meant soul in Hebrew, if I recall correctly. And so I, I, I was at liberty to write songs for the band. They, all, they wanted original songs. And so I was just going for it. And, and the feedback was just great. You know what I mean? Just as a new songwriter as just a new artist like people are like man when are you coming out with a cd when are you (laughs) when are you working on a project but i just you know music is never really presented to youth as a viable career option okay Okay. right Mm -hmm. It, it, it it doesn't get presented that way we get our little storybooks when we're kids and you see doctor you see police officer you see teacher you see right it's very narrow perception of what you could do that's when true. you get out of college mm-hmm. right and so when people tell me like hey we love your music we want to buy your stuff when's your cd i i didn't think of it as an option as far as a career is concerned i just thought it was a fun hobby to do 
Well, wow. how cool is that? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the fact that you got to write and it was actually heard through that band you were a part of, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice to get, you know, honest feedback from people. I think that's the most important thing, especially before an artist starts recording, is performing first. Performing mm-hmm. in front of people and, and get the feedback. And if people are rocking with you, you know, you can, you can feel safe to move forward. So it wasn't until my late 20s where I was like, okay, this might, this is something. You know, this is something that I should explore a little bit more. And um, it took me a while to step out in faith, but I finally did. And, but when you were teaching, what joy did you get from that? What was the joy there? What was the satisfaction? Man, I, I love my students. I mean, I just, I taught high school, so it was just, it was just fun. I get to do all sorts of things, but as a creative, like I would, I would have a lot of fun. Oh, I yeah, I had a lot of fun. I taught Spanish, mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't bogged down by, um, you know, state testing, right? Right. So I, ha- I had a lot of freedom to do all sorts of stuff. But when I tell you I went all out, I would make escape rooms from scratch. And I'm not talking about, like, a little worksheet that they had to do. I mean, I would turn the lights out. I would have smoke machines. I would have creepy music <laughs> in the back. I would have locks and keys and and nasty slop they would have to dig their hands through to find it you know i just i had so much fun and and being a creative person like i really found um a lot of freedom in in teaching spanish high school students and and being creative i bet your students absolutely love you i bet they still keep in touch with you today (laughs) they do they do oh my gosh I've ran into quite a few of them, even one at South Something in the Water. Oh, <laughs> <I> was, wow. <laughs> I was, they were right behind me, and I kept looking at them like, you are very familiar. Um, but I've, ran into, I've run into them all the time, and it, it, it goes to show that the impact was real because they're actually happy to see me. <laughs> yes, you know, like, yes. I'm pretty sure we can think of a couple teachers we would want to avoid <laughs> in public. Yes. Go the other way. <laughs> Yeah, at all costs. And every single time, it's just a big hug. It's a picture. It's, how are you doing? It's, it's beautiful. So you described to us that during the pandemic, you came to this realization. But walk us through that, because I'm sure that decision wasn't as easy as some might think. And did the idea have to grow on you about pivoting? How did you come to that realization? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was not easy at all. It, I feel like it was about two or three years kind of in the making, honestly, um, where my husband and I had to, you know, I told him, I said, look, this is something I really want to try. This is something I really want to do. So while I was teaching, we made a plan, um, we made a financial plan to get out of debt, pay out of, you know, pay off my student loans, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. While I was still working, and um, and putting ourselves in a position where it's like, okay, when we're ready to make the move, we can do so. So when the pandemic happened, 2020, March of 2020, I'm leaving, I remember walking down the hallway, leaving my school at the time, Booker T, and getting the news with my coworker that, hey, school's out for two weeks. And then two weeks turned to four weeks. Yeah. And then four weeks turned to, so when we got back, the next year the beginning of the year it was completely virtual we moved to like semi-virtual towards the second half of the year if I remember correctly 
And it was, you know, it was, it, I knew it was the right time because before I, my husband and I moved to North Carolina for a short period of time. And that's when I left Lake Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember telling my students that I was moving and just the crying and the tears and how hard it was to leave them. I just loved them so much. And it was really heartbreaking. During the pandemic, I'm teaching and in the beginning of the school year, I'm, I haven't, I have not met these kids physically. Mm-hmm. I see them briefly for like the first week or two. And then most of them just turn their cameras to blank, right? Ooh. They just turn the cameras to, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, just, just off, off screen. Um, and there will be a, there will be kids that participate it, but they don't want to turn their camera on if nobody else has their camera right. on. You know, peer pressure. So, yeah, so you know, the their cameras are off. I don't know what they look like. I don't know the real. You know, I don't have this connection with them like I did all the years before. Mm-hmm. So when the school year came to a close, and my and we we made the plan, we hit all our goals, we got upset. My husband and I were like, okay, we're in the right space it was a little bit easier to kind of bow out gracefully because mm-hmm. none of none of the kids, even when we went back into um, physical, like there were some kids had the, you know, they had the option they could either stay at home or come into school. You know, the kids that signed up to came in school would be like two of them, you wow. know, three kids, Yeah. you know, um, per class. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna make a move now, I feel like this is the best place emotionally, financially, for me to just bow out gracefully and say, and say goodbye. You know, I, waving goodbye to boxes, to gray boxes on the on the computer screen. You know, like it was just like okay, yeah, you can do this, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of that was that was the atmosphere that kind of made it like okay, it's time time to move. If you are just joining us today, I'm talking to country neo-pop artist Roberta Lee. She's a 757 native, but she is on the country scene and she's getting some heads turning around and we're happy to talk to her today. So let's fast forward to, um, you've gotten some press lately about um, too much of a woman. Talk to us about too much of a woman. Yes. Yes, Too Much of a Woman is the first single of um, my debut album of the same title that's coming out this fall. Um, And I wrote it about a year ago, I think January of 2022. And it was just an outpouring of all the frustrating circumstances where, you know, I've been looked down upon for any particular weakness or any, you know, or for being... She's strong, you know, um, mm-hmm. in some circumstances where it, my assertiveness wasn't appreciated at certain tables. Mm-hmm. So um, I wrote the song. I released an acoustic version of it last year, and I got in touch with a friend of mine. Her name is Vanessa McGowan, and she is the bass player for um, uh, uh, Brandy Clark. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huge star, a huge star in the country Americana realm. And so I said, hey, you know, I have this song and I'd really love to have an entire all women, you know, to to track this song. Can you help me? And so she, we connected to 
um, Jackie Vinson, who is an extremely talented black woman in, in the rock and blues world down in Texas, Austin, Texas. She's an extremely talented guitarist and artist. So she joined. Um, we have Vanessa McGowan play bass. Ellen Angelico did all things strings, the lap steel guitar and things of that nature. And um, Megan Jane is a drummer based in Nashville. And so she played the drums. And I wrote and produced the song. So we were all, this was a nationwide project. We didn't meet at a studio. We just, I just sent them the acoustic track and they all tracked in their own houses. That is um, amazing. I was going to ask you, did a, you all do it all yes. together or did you do it separately? Yeah. No, no. There's just disrespect for their genius, for their craft. Mm -hmm. And it was so special to me because representation of women in music in general and not just, uh, and you get further down to country music and Americana, representation of women in music as musicians, as producers, as writers is, is small. Um, yeah, so you'll hear a name able, or two. You might hear like a Diane Warren, but you don't really hear about the women yeah, that are. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It it seems to be too far in between. So we we got together. We just did it. I mean, they they <laughs> sent me the track. You know, they sent me their pieces, and I got to work um, at my home studio where I cut and and paste and moved and and I recorded. I produced the vocals, um, the additional vocals on the track. And then I took it to my engineer to get it mixed. Like we did the entire project like that. You've um, got me sitting here thinking about other artists and performers that have used all girl, that word probably shouldn't be used, all women musicians on their projects. Can you yeah. think of any? Uh, I think uh, I think Beyonce man. has done it, uh, but I know I it's gotta be more, right? It's got to be more. I don't. She has. I've, I've seen Beyonce, especially when she performs, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. But I. I would. I think Alicia Keys has done it. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I remember seeing a producer that she was working with. Um. And so, and I have some friends right now, you know, in Nashville, who are doing it, who work Excellent. with all women to produce a song. You know, so it's we're coming up. You yeah. Know what I mean, like we're 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 taking our place and and asking people to recognize what we have to bring to the table and I felt like the song Too Much of a Woman was no better song to do that for. What does it mean? What does that song mean to be too much of a woman? Being too much of a woman it's it's loaded because I've I've had conversations from women across the world on two different sides of the world. And it's like we're all fighting the same battles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, I have a friend who is from Iran, and, you know, there's a battle right now over women being able to wear their hair mm -hmm. in public. Mm -hmm. I spoke to another friend from Vietnam, and, and she's an artist, and she talks about the pressures that she feels to stay under a certain weight, or they won't book her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's just mind-boggling to me that in 2023, we still have some of these basic human rights battles. It, and it's, 
Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and let you chime in. No, you're right. And and the problems that somebody is having in Iran, <laughs> the problems that the very same problems being held here in America. I mean, just this past week, I know that there was a fight in North Carolina about women's rights and abortion rights, and it's just a struggle everywhere you go to be a woman. Everywhere. To be a woman. It's That's, like something, it's like, why? Why is this so much? Why is it so difficult for the other demographic to simply accept our freedom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in our autonomy and, and, our, and the decisions that we made, it's, it's just mind boggling to me. And so that the song, being too much of a woman, it seems as though it, we've been fighting to just be women for centuries and we shouldn't have to fight to do that. But we do. And so since so we, we do. do have to fight, what's the advice? Just keep on fighting? Is there some wisdom out there that we're missing? What what needs to happen? Or is it just going to be a struggle? Uh, I, I feel like the advice is, number one, take up space. Don't be afraid to take up space. But number two, understand that we have to stop taking somebody else's problem with their own ego personally. Like mm. that's, that's you, you have an issue with your ego. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're intim. I am. I, there was a great quote that says, sis, you are not intimidating. They are intimidated. And there's a difference. There is a difference. There there's is a difference. Yes. Yes. You know, so I feel like for women, we have to understand, you know, this, this has more to do with, um, said person's ego and their insecurities more than actually have to do with me being me. But Roberta Lee, let me ask you this. We're talking about the other gender gender, and why is it so hard for them to accept us as we are? Do women accept other women? You know, there it's almost like a social programming. So when, when you have women, for example, women who are opposed to you know abortion rights or women in Iran who do believe that women should keep their hair covered. Those beliefs come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a it's a construct. If you were left alone in a room and everyone else in the world was gone, you would have the freedom to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Right? Who's, who's going to say what to you? Mm-hmm. You know. So the belief that the self defeating belief that women have adopted and I've been guilty of it. You know, I've been guilty of some of those self-defeating beliefs. Um, but they, they are influenced from somewhere. And for me, when I wrote this song, I'm in my thirties. I have reached a point in my life where I look back <laughs> at those experiences like, Oh, Oh, that's what that was. It wasn't me. (laughs) It wasn't (laughs) me. It wasn't me. You know, it it was a moment, you know, and they they talk about that a lot when you get older and you just don't care anymore. You know, you don't care. Finally, the veil gets lifted off of your eyes and you're like, oh, I understand. And for some people that happens a lot sooner than others. That is definitely true. The older you get, the the mm-hmm. less you, you care. I'm speaking to Roberta Lee. Have you heard her anthem, Too Much of a Woman? I need you all to download that and check that out. Now, tell us about Girls Trip. What's that all about? <laughs> oh, that one's so fun. I'm very excited. Very excited for that one. I um, wrote the song, and I co-produced it with a good friend of mine. His name is Calvin Mirage. He is an up-and-coming star-studded producer coming out of the 757 as well. 
and we've been wanting to work together for a really long time. And so when I when I had this song and I was wrestling with it for a little bit, I, I knew exactly who I was going to call and we made it happen. And Girl Trip is the second single that I'm releasing uh, for the album. And all of the songs, the intention is to show the multifaceted sides of, of who a woman is. So... And me personally, and not just obviously not just women, because anyone can fit and that um, can relate to that, those songs. But for me personally, I, I have too much of a woman. And if you saw the music video, it's black and white. It's like, don't cross me, don't try me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But girl trip is the side of me where it's like when I get with my friends, I'm ready to have fun, and it's colors and life and lively and you know just. It's just a lot of fun. And there's that side of me as well, you know? So Mm -hmm. these songs are intended to reveal my whole truth, which Mm -hmm. is too, and sometimes if people can't understand, that's what it is. It's too much of a woman. I am a boss when I need to be a boss. I will show up and I will put my foot down and I will will stand up for myself, but I will also be goofy as I don't know what. And I'll (laughs) have a lot of fun. And then there's also, you know, another song in, that's coming on the record is called So Much More. And that's a song dedicated to my husband where it's like, I do need you. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole album, Too Much of a Woman, is not supposed to be a man eater. You right. know, a man here like, we don't need no man. We don't, you know, <laughs> it's not supposed to be that. It's that I want you to respect me in my strengths and in my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Don't dismiss me because I'm a woman and because I cry. Don't dismiss me because you're you're better at hiding your emotions than I am. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you any better than me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I can come to the table strong, but also let me come to the table when I'm weak. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. right? So right. that's that's that. I feel like that's the best you know um, summary of what people can expect from the from the new music. You all, I am talking to Miss Roberta Lee and Scenes Country Music Almanac said she was the artist to watch this year. It seems as though they already <laughs> knew in advance, as you said, early, early, uh, earlier 2023 class of CMT's Next Women of Country. She does all of it, country, neo-pop, all of that. Country singer is what you hear sometimes and songwriter, but she's got she's got some talent and she's got some chops and right here from the 757 how amazing is that so what's going to be going on in five years ten years oh, that's, I, I hope to be traveling the world mm-hmm. doing what I love with my family um, I hope to have a great established um, team um, and and that's in the process now we're, we're a small team but we're doing what we're doing you know so I hope to see growth and increase um, I'm right now. I'm an independent artist, and I'm treating this entire experience as one big experiment, and it's like just a huge learning curve. And so, I'm hoping in the next five, ten years, that there will be an established um, career. Um, I hope to continue to be awarded, um, awarded in in in, in different spaces. I look forward to seeing my music sing in, in movies and in theater. 
Um, How cool would that be? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm excited. I didn't even realize someone said that Girl Trip Two was coming out. I'm like, oh, snap. yes, yes, it is. It is. You're right. Yep. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to to expanding and and seeing the growth from from the seeds that we plant right now. Who do you like to listen to? Oh my gosh! Oh, everybody. I'm I'm very big on old school old school music honestly um i i try my best to keep up with the new school right now but i just can't help but turn on some you know some nina simone mm. sam cook oh. see okay you you, you, know you, you say, okay <laughs> sam cook anybody say the name sam cook to me they're my friend they're my bff oh for life okay gosh. because oh i don't care gosh. what anybody says there is nobody on the planet earth that can woe a woe like that man used to sing, okay? Okay. Okay. (laughs) My dad turned me on to that. (laughs) Oh, listen, no lies. I hear no lies right now. Oh, my gosh. So you like the old school, huh? I love the old school. I love the old school. With what you're doing, do you ever get to speak to um, people like Chapel Heart? Do you get to speak to, like, the Mickey Guidons of the world? Do do you all ever have conversations? Because it seems as though what you're telling me and what I've read from them, it sounds so familiar. Yeah, um, yeah, I I love Chapel Heart. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna I fangirl them really. Cool. <laughs> I fangirl them a lot. I love them. They're just such, they're just such good people. They're such good people. I got the chance to meet Mickey Guyton at the induction ceremony for CMC's Next Women of Country. Um, I spoke to her. I spoke to Raina Roberts. Um, That's good. Lots of folks, yeah, where I just, you know, I ask for their advice. I get their two cents. And, you know, they just, they just encouraging. They're just encouraging. Let me, me do this. and others, yeah. We're about to run out of time. About 20 seconds left. Tell people how they can get to you. Oh, please find me. At I am Roberta Lee, spelled L-E-A, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can find me at www.iamrobertalee.com. You all check her out. Too Much of a Woman, Girls Trip is coming out. She's doing amazing things right here from the 757. Miss Roberta Lee, I am wishing, wishing you all the best in the future, and I know you're going to make it. I am so proud of you. Thank you so much, Mr. I do appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening. Behold the green and gold.